got introduced as a young lady. I will receive that. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Thank you, Pastor Barney, and thank you, Mary, for inviting me here today. What a gift. I'm so glad to be here today. Um, God kind of gave me one of those big uh, touches this morning during worship when the prophetic word went forth or when the, the word went forth that this is a divine appointment. The title of my message today is Appointment or Disappointment. Appointment or disappointment. I believe that this is a word for covenant Christian today. I believe that this is a word um, to reveal a lie of the enemy and to replace that lie with a great, big, powerful truth. And guess what? The truth will set you free. Amen. Amen. Would you turn with me to Psalms? 103. Psalms 103. As God's child, are you God's child? Me too. You have been appointed to receive his blessings. That's your appointment. As God's kids, you have an appointment. Your appointment is to receive his blessings and his benefits. So let's look at some of those benefits. In fact, read this with me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your disease, who redeems your life from destruction who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Say, I'm a young lady or I'm a young gent. That's me. I'm young. I love it. Okay. So, appointment or disappointment. I want to start with a scripture that defines that hope. That hope that has the possibility of being deferred. We're going to talk about hope today and we're going to talk about hope deferred. We're going to talk about hope and expectation and the promises of Christ. We're going to talk about faith and we're going to talk about hope deferred. That's the lie part. And we're going to look at the the opposite because wherever there's a lie, there's a truth. When we have the lie and we look at the truth, we can extinguish the lie. Okay, let's look first at Hebrews 11.1. Very um, common scripture. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. This is a definition of faith. This is God's Webster Dictionary. Faith. Faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That word hope isn't the way that we use it here in this world, in this day and age. In this world, in this day and age, hope is seen as just this little wishy-washy thing. Literally, I wish that would happen. I hope and I pray. That'd be nice. But it doesn't have any depth to it. That's not God's definition of hope. God's definition of hope is 
Confident, joyous expectation. Confident, joyous expectation. And that confident, joyous expectation comes, the foundation of it is being fully persuaded in God's truth. That's what faith is. Being fully persuaded that God's word is real, that God's love is real, that God's goodness is real, that God's promises aren't just words. They're real. He's faithful to his word. So that expectation comes, that hope comes from knowing the goodness of God. Here's where the problem lies. Hypothetically, you know the word of God. I'm just, this is a hypothetical situation. You've been diagnosed with something and you know God's word, you know God's truth. You have been in an environment, oh, thank you, Jesus. You've been in an environment like this one, where the word is spoken with power and with truth, with clarity, with simplicity, in a way where you've received it. You know God's truth. You have his word in your heart. And that hope is a result. That expectation is a result. But the problem is when that hope, even though it's in your heart, when that hope hasn't manifested into whatever it is that you're believing God for. Let's look at what the Bible says, and then I'm going to kind of go a little further with this. Proverbs 13, will you turn there, please, in your Bible? Proverbs 13, verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Notice it's underlined in the scripture because I'm going to talk about that part of the scripture first. And later on, at the, close to the end of this message that I believe God has given me for you, we're going to talk about the dream fulfilled, the desire fulfilled part. But first of all, let's talk about hope deferred. That word sick in the Bible, means wounded, diseased, or grieved. Hope deferred makes the heart wounded. Hope deferred makes the heart, and I'm not talking the physical heart, but the, the, the heart of, of the center of our being. It makes our heart diseased or grieved. That word hope deferred, I am defining today as disappointment or discouragement. Let me talk a little bit about how that process happens. I want to reveal, I want to reveal this thing called disappointment and discouragement so we can get it out of there. When we have a period of time when you know God's promise and you have that expectation, but you haven't seen it realized, there's the potential to be in a very vulnerable state to the enemy's attack. Do you agree with that? Okay. And during that time of that potential time of vulnerability, it's possible for your spiritual immune system to break down. I work in a school, and I'm around lots of little germs in the natural. 
okay? Lots of little kids and teachers with lots of junk going around. I have a very strong immune system, both in the natural and in the spiritual, and I do not get sick. I refuse it. I won't receive it. I walk in divine health. I do not get sick. When I was diagnosed with cancer 11 years ago, it was uh, throughout my whole lymphatic system. And one of the things that I declared and continue to declare to declare is that my immune system is very strong. I say, God, my immune system is strong. It's stronger today than it was yesterday. It's going to be even stronger tomorrow. The same Holy Spirit that resides in me, the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, resides in me and quickens my immune system. And I have a strong immune system. And no disease is going to touch this body and live. My lymph nodes work the way they're supposed to. They surround germs. They surround viruses. And they just kill them, period. I have a strong immune system. In this context that I'm talking about today, I'm talking about the spiritual immune system. As you're in that place of vulnerability, if you allow yourself, you can expose, expose yourself to the germ and the virus or the bacteria or the disease or whatever of disappointment. We don't want your spiritual immune system to be weak to succumb to that problem. Just like I don't want my, my natural immune system to become weak to catch the flu bugs and the colds that go all over my school. So during this time of your hope deferred, this waiting period, one of the things that's very normal and okay is questions. That's okay. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to have questions. The problem is... If those questions lead you away from God and his promises and into reasoning that doesn't agree with the word of God. Let me say that again. The problem is when those questions lead you away from his promises and into reasoning that doesn't agree with his word. When that happens, those questions can cause us to wonder about God's goodness and about the truth of his word. And the sick heart that this scripture is talking about is when you no longer believe in the goodness of God. That's the disease of the heart that that refers to. Disappointment can cancel out appointment. You all have a divine appointment to be here today. I believe it's to rid... This isn't on the the screen. I'm sorry, I pointed there. I believe this is to rid you of the lie of disappointment because disappointment has the potential to cancel out appointment. I'm going to give you three um, scenarios that um, I have seen and I want to um, expose. And then we're going to talk about the second part of the scripture which is desire fulfilled as a tree of life. Number one, sometimes when you're in the midst of believing God and having persuasion in his truth, sometimes during that time, if we haven't seen the answer, we start to look at ourselves and we start to blame ourselves for not receiving 
for some reason. You may not know why. You may ask yourself questions like, am I confessing God's word enough? I, I didn't do it three times yesterday. So maybe that's why I haven't received. Do I have unforgiveness? I know I've forgiven everybody. I've, I've sought my Lord and my God, and I've asked him. I know I've forgiven everybody, but maybe I didn't really forgive them. Maybe I said I forgave them. Maybe I chose to forgive them, but maybe I didn't really forgive them. Or maybe you're asking yourself, am I in sin? Do I have sin in my life? Is there a, is there a barrier? Am I not receiving? And you ask yourself, did I do this? Did I not do this? Did I do everything I should do? Did I not do everything I should, should do? If you're he- hearing that voice, <laughs> you're looking at the wrong person. It's not about your works. It's about the finished work that's done through Jesus, through his goodness and his blood shed for you for such a great purpose. If you're looking at yourself, it is a a hindrance to, it can be a hindrance to your receiving healing. If you are only looking at you and not at Jesus, not at the finished work of the cross. We sang a beautiful song just a minute ago about looking to the cross, looking to the finished work of the cross. Now, looking at yourself can cause a hindrance to healing, but guess what? Looking to Jesus raises your faith up, meditating on what Jesus did for you, meditating on the finished work of the cross, raises your faith up. You're not looking at your circumstances anymore or the the period of time that you've waited for that circumstance, for the the healing to manifest, whether it's physical or emotional or another need, whatever it is, instead of looking at that, when you look at Jesus, your faith rises. Would you please look with me at the Bible, Hebrews chapter 12. Let's see what Jesus, what the word says about this. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, every unnecessary weight. Today, we're talking about throwing away disappointment and discouragement and that sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us. If we're looking at ourselves, guys, if we're thinking what we haven't done or what we need to do, that's idolatry. You're not looking at Jesus and his power that's already completed the work. You're looking at you to do it. Let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. And here's the answer. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith. That's where faith rises up. That's where faith is birthed. That's where faith is fueled. And it's also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. Jesus for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. With love, 
with love, with love. I just have to stop right now for just a minute. I want you to picture Jesus right now. Just close your eyes. Picture Jesus taking whatever it is that you're dealing with and taking it from you. Carrying it for you in his own body or in his own soul. Carrying it. Taking it away from you for good. Not for a moment, not for a period of time, but for good. And dying with it and depositing it in the depths of the grave. And then being resurrected to new life with you in wholeness. Divine health. Keep that vision. Open your eyes. Keep that vision. That's yours. That's not just a vision. That's the truth. That's what Jesus did. So the first piece of that disappointment is blaming yourself and looking at what your works are instead of the works of Christ. Here's the second one. Sometimes people, as they're in that waiting period and they haven't seen their hope realized, sometimes they begin to deny God's true nature. And they embrace the sickness or the disease the poverty, or the mental anguish as gifts from God. That makes me angry, not the phone. (laughs) That makes me angry to blame God, to put upon God the attributes of the devil. I know you know this, but I'm going to say it. This is a simple truth. God is good all the time, and the devil's bad all the time. All the time. If you attribute to God the works of the devil, it's blasphemous. God doesn't give disease. He's not a child abuser. I love John 10.10, which is, you know, that's my definition of, of Jesus and the enemy. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus came to give us life and give it more abundantly. Anything that isn't life Anything that isn't good is not of God. I don't know about you, but I have some people that I dearly love who do this. It isn't God's job job description to give sickness. So I just want to put that out there. Number three is the one I believe that is the most subtle and um, the one that really, really I need to share today. And this has to do more with the, those of you, those, and I put myself in that category, who know the truth, who know the truth, and who have, have fed on the truth for a while. You, you might call yourself a mature Christian. When Christians face uncertainty, when they face disappointment, sometimes they become intellectually offended 
They become intellectually offended, and this is the reason why. Intellect has to do with your thinking, your reasoning, correct? Offense has to do with a stumbling block between you and God. And the reason they become intellectually offended is because they have unanswered questions that block their ability to trust in the unseen. Questions are okay. Questions are okay. But a lack of answers must not interrupt our heart communion with God. Rather than becoming defiant or demanding with God, we should become passionately pursuing him instead, even when we don't understand. And no matter how mature you are and no matter how much you know God's truth, we need to be teachable. Would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 13? Being teachable, being childlike, being open. We prayed, we sang about opening the eyes of our heart. It's more than just words in a song, friends. Matthew chapter 13, starting with verse 54. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished. And they said, where did this man get this wisdom in these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So, guess what? They were offended. They were offended at Jesus. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now he did not do many works there because of their unbelief. The offense in their hearts affected their trust. The offense that they had taken with the familiarity. Thank you, Jesus. For the familiarity with the man, Jesus, affected their trust to trust him as a miracle worker being used by God let alone knowing that he was the son of God. If we are in that position of saying, I know that, that's warning words. If you hear yourself saying, I know that, I know that, I know that, you may be in this position. And that is a position of affecting your ability to trust. And trust is faith. I want to share an example of a woman that um, I met last summer. We were doing a, a series of healing classes in Big Rapids near our summer, our cottage. We go to church in Big Rapids in the summer. And during this, this healing meeting, at the, at the end of the time, we had a prayer, an altar call with offering healing prayer. And I was praying, the pastor of the church was praying, and then there were several ministry team people that were praying. And in the midst of this prayer, the pastor brought a woman over to me, and he said, Cindy, you need to pray for this one. So I did. Listened to her prayer request, prayed for her. At the end, after it was all over, the pastor came and talked to me, and he said, this is what she said to me. 
she said to me, I know that. I know the truth about healing. I could teach the class. And then she said, "Um, Pastor, you prayed for me. I didn't get healed. Do you think there was some intellectual offense there? I know that. We had a woman that came to our our healing class about a year ago, and the first time I met her, that's everything I heard. She stayed for the class. Afterwards, she came. She had a very, she had bitter bitterness around her, a lot of bitterness. And she kept saying, I know that. I know that. I know that. I haven't seen the results, and I'm getting angry at God. And she point blank told me that. And it had to do with her daughter or little girl. Now, those of you who have a little one know, or a granddaughter, a grandson, know that, oh, my God, you're going to do everything you can do for that baby. And so she came to our healing class. Her little girl had asthma so bad that she couldn't live a normal life. She couldn't play. She couldn't play outside. She couldn't play sports. She was about a sixth grader, fifth, sixth grader, seventh grader, right in that age, age frame. Well, this woman, hmm, thank goodness, this woman kept coming. She kept hearing the truth. We started to be pretty bold with her about the fact that you need to be teachable. (laughs) You need to have your heart soft and ready and to receive. Very quickly, she started to see a change in her daughter. She started to bring her daughter to our healing class. Her daughter, childlike faith, just said, I believe. I believe. Hope is expectation and belief that God's word is true. This little girl started getting better and better and better. One of the things the schools do in the spring is they go to this week-long camp. She went to that week-long camp. She was off of all the oral medications. The only thing she took was one breathing treatment in the whole week. The asthma was so much better that she could go to camp with her friends. Then the next testimony I heard is that she started running track. And guess what event she ran? The long-distance ones, three miles or whatever it is. She received. But when that mother came in the first time, she had disappointment. She had spiritual offense. What we're going to be doing today, oh boy, just wait. Get your expectors ready. What we're going to be doing today is getting rid of the lie of disappointment, getting rid of the lie of spiritual offense and saying, I know that, and coming into that place of being tender and saying, Open my ears, God, to hear what you want me to hear today for this moment, for such a time as this. I believe, um, we've, Kent and I have been, have been seeing this a lot in our ministry. I believe that very often a woundedness somewhere in your soul is affecting your receiving in another way. You might have a need in your body, but if you have something in your soul, like 
discouragement or disappointment, it can affect the healing from manifesting. We're going to minister to your soul today. We're going to minister to that place. So receiving healing for the disappointed or the discouraged heart. This is where you might want to take some notes. Number one, be honest with God. Remember I said questions are okay. It's just that you don't want those questions to take you away from the word of God in agreement with him. So questions are okay. But direct your questions to God. Don't go out there and start researching everything. Direct your questions to the guy who has the answers. So talk to God and be honest. Cry. Pour out your heart. Have you read Psalms? Don't, don't the, the, the authors of Psalms cry out to God? So that's my second piece of advice. Listen to God. Listen to him. And one of the ways you can listen to him is to go to the book of Psalms. And read until you hear your heart. Read Psalms until you hear that cry of your heart in the psalm, in the psalmist's voice. And then take that scripture and meditate it. Take that scripture and let the healing of the word of God be a healing balm to your soul. Number three. Receive the peace that passes all understanding. Would you look with me at Philippians chapter 4? Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And, and... Here's the good part. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through, the, through Christ Jesus. This is where you come to that place of rest. This is where you come to that place of God taking care of your heart so that you don't have to be disappointed. For God watching over you so that you're not discouraged. But I'm going to say something you maybe have never heard before. In order to receive the peace that passes all understanding. You need to give up your right to understand. In order to receive that amazing peace that passes all understanding, you need to give up your right to understand. You can only hold on to one thing at a time, the promise of God or the disappointment. You need to let go of one to take hold of the other one. And number four, feed your heart correctly. Feed your heart on what God is doing without stumbling over what you're not seeing him do or what it appears that he's not doing. Instead of looking at the the healing you haven't received, look at what you have received. Keep your eyes on what he is doing. Feed on his faithfulness, what he has done. I want to share a testimony before I go to the, the closing of this message. 
I'm going to wait for just a second. Hold that thought. I'm going to share a scripture, and then I'm going to share the testimony. Um, so we talked about some steps on fighting that thing called disappointment. I want to look right now at the benefits, the benefit package, the good benefit package, forgiven, healed, set free, (laughs) forgiven, healed, and set free. When you're in that position of of wanting that benefit package to be uh, manifest in your life, staying connected to Jesus, staying connected to the vine, staying connected to the communion time with Abba, heart communion with Abba is so important. This is a scripture that I, I, I came across in the Message Bible. It's Matthew 11, chapter 28 through 30, and this is the scripture that talks about God giving us rest and carrying our burden and giving us his burden, which is light. But listen to it from the message. This is just so yummy. If you have been in a place of waiting and discouragement and disappointment, this is going to really minister to your heart. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Let me um, clarify that. Burned out on you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. Check, 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 check. Oh, what have I not done, God? Legalism. This is what Jesus says. Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that good? Mm. I want to share one example of our Jesus and how he did this, how he exercised faith through intimacy with his Father. I'm just going to paraphrase, pra- uh, paraphrase the scripture. This is from the Gospel of Mark, and it's the scripture or the account where um, there is a man who brings his son who has a very severe problem. He has seizures. He's falling on the ground. He's uh, foaming at the mouth. He's, having, he's very, very sick, and they know that there's a demon. They say, you know, we asked your disciples. He says, I asked your disciples to cast out the spirit, but they couldn't do it. And you know the story. Jesus came, talked to the man. The man said to Jesus, I like this part, Jesus, if you can do anything, (laughs) if you can do anything, have pity on us and help us. And what did Jesus say? If I can, (laughs) everything is possible for him who believes. And then Jesus proceeded to heal the little boy. This is how he did it. He said, you deaf and mute spirit, I command you come out of him and never enter again. And, of course, the boy was healed. At the end, the apostles asked him when they got into a private place. He was their mentor. He was their teacher. He said, they said, Jesus, what did you do that we didn't do? I know you gave us authority. We've seen that authority. You know, we went out. We saw, we prayed for people. We had people healed. We had demons cast out. Why couldn't we do this, Jesus? And he said, Jesus answered, 
this kind, this kind comes out only through prayer. Okay? Now, did Jesus stop and pray? Did, he, did Jesus stop before he um, cast that spirit out? Did he stop and go to a solitary place and get, get in a quiet place with God and pray? Uh-uh, he didn't. But he had, he had a vault full of prayer and intimacy with his father. He had a prayer vault filled with all that time that he had spent with his heavenly father so that heaven could erupt into earth at a moment's notice, and it did. He exercised faith out of intimacy with God. I want to share that testimony now. About two months ago, it was right before Christmas, we had a couple come into our illness recovery class. I had talked to them on the phone, but I had never met them. Man was diagnosed with melanoma. That's the same cancer that I was diagnosed with 11 years ago. And the men, men, men ugh. I'm tongue-tied today. No, I'm not, in Jesus' name. <laughs> this man's melanoma had metastasized into his lung, and he was very, had a lot of symptoms. When he walked in to our illness recovery class, it was very difficult for me as a minister, to look beyond what I saw. Because what I saw was a man who was desperately sick and who looked desperately sick. And not only was he very, very sick looking, he had an an odor. And it was, I, I told Kent, he has the odor of death. He has the smell of death on him. And... I had asked them to come early, so we went in a, a private room, and, um, and I, meant, I ministered to them, and I prayed for him. And um, first thing I did was pray salvation <laughs> for him and his wife. But I was in the position the disciples were in there. When they had a, a, a child who was so very violently um, sick and and manifesting this demonic spirit that they couldn't cast it out. But Jesus did, just like that. I felt like I was in that position the disciples were in, like there was so much in front of my face and, and my nose, literally, that to, to be in that position of looking beyond all that will distract to Jesus was hard to do. <laughs> so I prayed, and I closed my eyes, and I breathed through my mouth, <laughs> and I prayed. And I just looked at Jesus. And I, I visualized that man whole. Got a call, actually a, a first a text message and then an email and then a phone call about two or three weeks ago. That man hasn't come back. He has been following um, the, the illness recovery teachings on the web. And they, we've been c- keeping in contact through the web. And he's been feeding on the truth, and, and I hear hope in his voice. And about two weeks ago, he went for a series of tests. He had a test where they'd put a scope in his lung and look to see what's there, and it showed that the cancer is dead. They did a PET scan that looked at his whole body, 
and it showed that there is no active cancer in his body. Faith, friends, faith comes from a place of intimacy with God. Faith is birthed in that place of intimacy with God. So let's go to our first scripture, Proverbs 13, verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Let's look at the second half now. Desire fulfilled is a tree of life. That word life, the Greek word is, the Hebrew word is che. The word che means physical life. There are two words, life, Hebrew words. One is zoe and one is che. Zoe is the God kind of life, the Godfulness of life. Zoe, I'm sorry, che means physical life. The tree of life means that that tree is alive. It's fruitful. It's healthy. It's whole in a natural way. I want to go to that tree of life in another scripture. This is Jeremiah 17. This is the closing scripture. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Mm, And I forget not all your benefits. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Go back to the very first sentence. It says, blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Does it say when they get their healing? No. It says, blessed are those who trust and put the Lord at the center of their hope, that the Lord is their confidence, that the Lord is their hope. Then there are all sorts of benefits. As we hope in the Lord... It says in the scripture, it says that we'll have roots. We're the tree of life. When we have trust and hope in the Lord, we have deep roots. And guess what? They're good roots. They're not roots of the enemy. They're not lies. They're not disappointment or discouragement or unforgiveness or condemnation. Those aren't the roots we're talking about. We're talking about faith. We're talking about truth of God's word. We're talking about uh, the, the power of prayer and thanksgiving and praise and worship. We're talking about good roots. Those roots go deep. And when those go, roots go deep, we're nourished. It's the engrafted life. The engrafted life coming through those roots into us. So we're well nourished. Secondly, it says we will not be bothered by the heat. We will not be bothered by the enemy's junk, by his lies. We know the lies and we say, that's a lie. (laughs) 
We will not be worried or anxious or fearful during the months of drought. So instead of being discouraged or disappointed or worried or anxious or fearful, we say, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm going to rest the way Jesus told me to rest in intimacy and in communion with him because he takes my stuff and carries it for me. You will live long. Their leaves stay green. They'll never stop producing fruit. Oh, that's me. I'm going to live long and strong and never stop producing fruit. Amen. Amen. Okay, I have a declaration I would like to make with you. And then we're going to pray. We're going to have a, a, an altar prayer time. I believe, I believe that the truth right now is just permeating hearts and minds and taking the place, literally, taking the place of the lie of discouragement or disappointment, that the truth is just being flooded into us and, and washing out the lies. So today I'm going to ask you to repeat after me these declarations and with all your heart, take these, take these as truths. Okay, first we're going to do some renouncing. Just repeat after me. I renounce the lie... That Father God is holding back healing from me. I renounce the lie that I am in some way not worthy to receive his benefits. I renounce the lie that I have to do anything more or better to receive his benefits. The truth is that I am appointed to receive his benefits. The truth is that his benefits are my inheritance. The truth is that Jesus came to give me an abundant life. Okay, now get ready. We're going to hand some junk to God. Father God, I hand you disappointment. Hand it to him, friends. Just hand it to him. Father God, I hand you disappointment. I hand you discouragement. I hand you hope deferred. Let him take it from you. So let it lift off of you. Father God, I receive your complete benefit package. Father God, I receive Hope fulfilled. Hope fulfilled. 
I am blessed because I trust the Lord and I have made the Lord my hope and my confidence. I am like a tree planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. I am not bothered by the heat nor worried by long months of drought. I will live long and I will live strong and I will never stop producing fruit. Amen. Amen. How do you feel? How do you feel? Okay. Remember I said a minute ago that I believe that those wounds of the heart sometimes stand in the way of wounds being healed in the natural, in the physical body or in whatever it is that you need. I believe we have all gone through some healing already in the heart, in that, in that soul realm. And I also believe that as a result, there is a very heavy anointing for physical healings Amen. or other needs that you have been believing God for and maybe haven't seen realized. So we are going to open the altar to pray specifically and individually for those of you who would like prayer. Okay, is there any way we can get some music on, some just instrumental stuff or anything like that while we pray? Okay, awesome. So this is where the service ends, but it's really where it begins. You have a whole lot of manna. You have a whole lot of things to think about, meditate on. We're going to pray. You're welcome to stay or...